With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello and welcome to Footballers. I am your host, Hunter, and this is the Coach and the Pro Show, episode number three. Today, it's our honor to say that we're joined by Dylan Campbell, professional FIFA player for the Order Organization, 2021 E-World Cup finalist, and a firm favorite to be a major contender in 2022. Dylan, thanks for coming on. We are lucky to have you. How are you this week? Thanks for having me on, Hunter. I'm uh, doing pretty well. It's pretty late here at the moment, but uh, looking forward to it. Yeah, we were just talking about this. It's what is it, 11 p.m. there, 8 a.m. here, and 2 p.m. in the U.K.? Is that right, Steve? Something like that, yeah. I don't think you're too far out, Hunter. Yeah, close. Well, Steve, how are you doing this week, man? Good. Hot off the uh, the back of some sweaty rivals gameplay, where I managed to uh, pound my way up to rank three. And what has to be said was absolutely horrible connections. It was a real struggle. I had um, Neymar and Messi, and they were turning like dump trucks, so... It was, it was all right, kind of enjoyable, but yeah, it's never great when you're playing in that sort of connection. Unless you like dump trucks. But yeah, such is life with FIFA these days. Let's get into some nitty gritty here, because this is the Coach and the Pro Show. Very detail-oriented discussion we're going to have for today. Dylan, first, just tell me what you think about FIFA 22 relative to, I guess, FIFA 21 and, and past titles. Um, It's a very different FIFA, especially to FIFA 21. I think it's still very early days at the moment, so... We're still only on the first patch. The first patch is to be released on consoles uh, very shortly at the time of recording this. Um, so it is still quite early days. But for sure, it's different. It's taking me a bit of time to get used to it. What kind of adjustments are you finding that you're having to make? Because one of the things from last year where you had you had a fantastic season last year, you qualified for the FIFA the World Cup, which was unfortunately cancelled. But your game was, was really built on a really sound defense so is that something that you've carried forward into 22 or is that something that's still a kind of work in progress uh honestly at the moment i'm particularly struggling with defending as you said fifa 21 i think my entire game plan was built off having a, a solid defense at the moment i'm struggling more defending than i'm going forward which is quite interesting for me um <laughs> kind of shocked me considering what my strength has been in the past so yeah, I think the uh, just there's so many changes, like the way the defensive line drops, the new manual jockeying system. There's just so many changes. It's it's taking me time to get used to it, but I'm I'm slowly getting there. I've noticed that you don't use second man press a great deal. Is is there any particular reason for that? I notice you use it with your strikers a bit, but you tend to you what I'd call a rusher. You tend to sort of rush players manually. Very good at it. It's got to be said. But uh, yeah, just wondered why you don't use the uh, the contain button. Um, honestly. That is just like habit or muscle memory almost from 
previous iterations of FIFA. So like right. FIFA 21, although second map brace was like nowhere near as good as it is on this game. Now something I'd always do just to try win the ball back up the pitch. Um, that's always something I've tried to do defensively. It's not something I use too much in FIFA 21. So it's, it's kind of, I'm just in that adjustment phase still where yeah. a lot of my, uh, my habits from FIFA 21 are still here and it's going to take a bit of time to iron them out. But I'd say, yeah, that's, it's just habit from FIFA 21 at the moment. I saw your weekend league performance. I watched a few of your games and you, uh, you finished quite comfortably 20 and zero. So I'd say that the adjustment's definitely on the way. Yeah. You know, and, and Dylan, when I was looking at some of your gameplay the last few days, one thing I noticed was your camera angle and it looks really familiar to the one that I switched to this year. For years, I played telebroadcast with, I think, 20. For the uh, for the width or the uh, what is it the height Hunter height height yeah the height but uh, it looks like you're using co-op are you using co-op because that's what I'm using now as well yeah sure I'm using co-op I mean I've used co-op I think since I even started playing FIFA I don't know what first made me change to it I think when I started watching pro FIFA in like FIFA 17 I was watching another pro player from Australia Marcus Gomes and he used co-op he had a really zoomed out camera angle that I don't have it as zoomed out, but I've been using co-op since at least FIFA 17, FIFA 18. So yeah, it's just something I've always had. What are the pros and cons, Dylan? The pros, I mean, the biggest one for sure is being able to see so much of the pitch, um, yeah. especially on FIFA 22 now with how effective these switches of play are from like fullback to fullback or to the, the wingers. I think that's a really big positive, especially on this version of the game at the moment. One of the, the negatives, I would say, is it's a bit harder to, to see all the micro movements when you're dribbling. That's probably the biggest one I'd have to say. Other than that, I don't know if there's too many cons. Your game is, you're one of the best, certainly this year, you're one of the best left stick dribblers that I've seen. You were talking about making adjustments. It seems like that's something you've adjusted to. So it's quite interesting that you, you find it more difficult on the co-op cam. Yeah, well, I wouldn't say, it. I don't know if more difficult is like the right way to explain it. But I think it took me longer to learn how to dribble okay. um, properly using the left stick than it would if I was using telebroadcast. It's gotten to the stage where like I've been practicing left stick dribbling for so long now, I think probably three, four years, where I I very rarely use skill moves. Um, so I've just learned how to play FIFA through left stick dribbling. I think it's it's just gotten to a point where I've been doing it for so long now that like I've just mastered left stick dribbling. Yeah, it's definitely more challenging to learn how to dribble if you're using car. One of the things I've noticed, actually, I thought when the game first dropped, left stick dribbling is dead this year. It's just, it's not going to be a thing. But as soon as you get those cards that are more towards the top tier, that have got just better stats, basically, we're talking pay to win, I guess. Left stick dribbling is a thing. It's definitely there, isn't it? Oh, 100% agree. Like, I, I had the exact same opinion as you. As soon as I got onto the game, when I, I think I first game I played was draft. I did not know how to move it. It was a shock to me because, as I said, left stick dribbling was such a big part yeah. of my game and I wasn't using these top tier cards. But as soon as I, I bought my main team and I've got like Messi, I've got the baby Savior in my team as well. The way these cards move, like it's night and day difference. It's unbelievable. So just to clarify with left stick dribbling, are you doing anything additional to just simply moving the left stick? Are you having to use the R1 or RB or L1 or LB? to change directions or are you simply just using the left stick with these players and they're just responding better because they're better rated? So FIFA 21, around the box in particular, I used the L1 button when I was trying to make quick turns, just like 
not necessarily the L1 stop, but like just to like make 180 degree turns and whatnot. I use that a lot in FIFA 21. FIFA 22, I haven't been touching L1 or R1. One of the settings I do use, which I'd recommend to people, is having analog sprint turned on. So pretty much that allows me to control how much my players sprint, depending on how much pressure I apply to the sprint button. But other than the left stick, it's just me holding R2 down a little bit at times just to move a bit quicker. But yeah, just left stick pretty much. Yeah, that's something else that I tried this year as well. I, I normally just turn analog sprint off from the get-go, but I was really struggling to move in space, especially when you press R2 all the way down. They do get a nice speed boost, but it seems like they don't recover the ball and they don't turn near as fast. So I turned on analog sprint and I actually forgot that I turned it on and I just left it. Until you just said that, I just realized that I've been playing really well lately and I've had it on the whole time. So maybe there's something to that. I think with explosive sprint as well, you can really catch people out with it this year. Absolutely. But I feel like you have to time it just right in order to get the most out of it. Would you agree with that, Dylan? Yeah, I think so. I'm not particularly good with the explosive sprint. Yes, I don't really use it too much myself, but I agree with that. You have to time it correctly. I'm finding it difficult to figure out correct situations where to use it and whatnot but yeah 100 you need to time it otherwise it's not particularly effective timing and angles yeah. thief is a very simple game if you're ready to join the footballers community discord server we'd love to have you the footballers community discord is completely free to everyone because we don't believe in putting community behind a paywall visit footballers.com and click the join link there or just simply click the link in the show notes be sure to subscribe to our podcast to get two free episodes every week Thank you for listening, and thank you for making Footballers Podcast the highest rated and most entertaining podcast on the airwaves. Let's get back to it. Well, another thing I noticed from watching your gameplay the last few days was you're, you seem to maintain possession, and you just dominate the tempo. You dictate the play, which is so critical, in my opinion, to this game. How do you keep possession for so long, so consistently? What do you, what do, you do you use possession tactics? Are you willing to share any of that info? I have for sure. I'm, I'm never one to hire tactics. I think tactics for me in particular, my viewpoint on it is just go with tactics that suit your playstyle. So I use just balance tactics pretty much. I don't really change anything other than like the sliders for the, the depth and width uh, defensively. Possession for me, I started watching out Marcus Gomes again. He was a very good possession player. So that's the way I learned to play FIFA, holding the ball. I've kind of evolved over time, but a couple of years ago, I reckon I was holding the ball a bit more, but my, uh, my game plan pretty much when it comes to competitive FIFA in particular is just to dominate people, take full control over the game and make them as uncomfortable as possible. I wouldn't say there's really any, uh, secret to, you know, to be able to hold the ball, especially on FIFA 22. I find it very easy to hold the ball. It's just, I find a lot of people don't really have the patience on the edge of the box on this game. But out, like anywhere outside the edge of the box, um, I find it's really easy to hold it. It's just when you get around the edge of the box when there's so many defenders there and you've got second man press. It's easy to get closed down. Yeah, it's just about staying patient, really. Is that, is that a position where you'd use left stick quite a lot, I guess, Dylan, just sort of when you've got those defenders really tight on you, when the AI is breathing down your neck, that's where you're sort of left sticking and moving away from the pressure kind of and looking to, to find the openings? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I probably forgot to mention this, but my style of possession isn't so much like passing heaps. Most of my possession, honestly, is just me holding the ball, dribbling with a player like Messi or my Sabia. Um, 
I keep the ball for a lot of time when I'm just holding uh, those cards. I wait for my opponents to drag out defenders, yeah. take a second man, use a second man press. And then as soon as I see he commits that second defender, I use the left stick just to be one defender, make a pass inside, and there's a massive gap in the middle. And I just look to exploit that. I've just got to, while we're mentioning Marcus again, I've, I've spoken to Marcus quite a lot. Good guy, knows the game inside out. Obviously a very big influence on you. Uh, I've got to ask you, how did it feel to beat him in the in the Oceania playoffs? Um, damn, that game was quite a while ago now. Uh, <laughs> if I, okay, that was the game. I beat him in penalties. Honestly, I, watched I said this in an interview after the game, I'm pretty sure, or at the end of the playoffs after I won it. But the night before that game, I was saying to my coach, like, this Marcus game is the biggest game of this whole tournament for me. If I beat him, I know I can go win the whole playoffs event. Right. I don't know if there's like a, a mental block there for me against Marcus because we've played each other quite a few times in the past. And he's had the uh, the better of me a few times. And it's always a very difficult game. But yeah, it was an incredible feeling. I mean, as you said, Marcus has had a, a big influence on uh, my interest in competitive my game, style, how I've learned the game. So yeah, it was an incredible feeling. From watching him dominating against so many players, making World Cups, to then me a couple years later doing the same, yes, it was incredible. Cool. I really like watching the pro scene. To me, you can learn so much just by watching professional players play because the way you guys, it's it's almost like there's a cadence going on uh, when you you know receive the ball, dribble into space, pass, and you can almost see it with with the tempo on almost on repeat, but. It seems like those best players are the most patient players. And I'm curious to see how it's going to go this year, especially with the co-op they're going to bring into the game. One thing I, I feel like it's going to be, though, I feel like it's going to be a lot of park the bus counter with through balls. And I see a lot of chatter in the community about this already. And I noticed you were using Kim Pembe at the back of your squad. To me, he's not he's not you know one of the top, top center backs and currently, if you consider icons, but how are you finding Kimpembe and how do you deal with these counters and these through balls? Honestly, I really like Kimpembe. Um, I'm struggling to determine whether I like him more than Marquinhos or not. I think Kimpembe in particular is very good because he's got 81 pace, I think. But the one thing he's got over Marquinhos in particular is he's very strong. Um, so one thing on FIFA 22, as you mentioned, is this counterattack where people are playing, particularly in the high divisions, over the top three balls, um, and it's there's this uh, I don't know if it's a, a bug or just animation with defenders. Like when you play the through ball over the top, and the ball always seems to find the attacker. It just goes over your defender's head, or like your your defender tries to stick their leg out, but they they don't get the ball. Kimpembe for me has been really solid in those scenarios where. I don't take chances with with over the top through balls on FIFA 22. I just press circle to clear it. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been the most effective for me in those scenarios, so that's why I particularly like him. I just I bought Mbappe today, and he's absolutely demonic at doing exactly that. Every ball over the top seems to find him. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know, I was watching one of the uh, Top Bins episodes a couple of weeks ago, and Zara was on the on the show talking about just that clearing the ball you know people were in the chat talking about can't clear the ball can't clear the ball and Zorro said it himself he's like are you trying to clear the ball with anything other than square or o 
if you are, you're doing it wrong. So if you're trying to play a through ball from the back or an X pass from the back, it's not going to end well for you. And you can't just jam the ball up the middle this year. That's what, that's what I've found. But yeah, I definitely agree. Really effective when you're up against somebody who's playing press after possession loss as well. Because you've just, you've got to bypass mm. so much of midfield and using that clearance, the, uh, the directed clearance. Mm-hmm. Quite, quite a few times you'll find that it comes to one of your players. So yeah, useful, useful addition. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, you're not you're not bailed out by the auto, I guess the the AI and the passing assistance this year, like uh, like previous years. But uh, Steve, you you brought up at the beginning of the show your weekend league playing in delay. Well, Dylan, have you had any any delayed games, and do you have any tips, I guess, for playing in delay? Because the game itself is slower already, and when you have delay with some of these animations, it can be really hard to get a simple pass off. Have you experienced any of that? Yes, for sure. Um, I don't know if it's down to the servers or whether it's down to my own internet. Um, I was playing a couple of games, I think uh, in the weekend league on stream, and my connection was really bad. Like I was getting lag spikes. I was having to play in like 70 to 100 ping for some of the games. Um, it's really difficult. I know the, uh, the frustrations of playing a bad gameplay. It's not a fun experience. Tips for playing in, in delayed gameplay. Again, I'll go back to it. I brought it up earlier. Patience. In particular, in bad gameplay, though, you're not going to be able to get away with like these uh, small turns. A lot of the skill moves, you might not be able to pull them off in time. So it's just about being patient. You're going to have to hold the ball a bit more, I think, being a bit more careful and not taking as many risks in terms of passes. That's probably the only tips I can give. Otherwise, it's a very difficult experience to be playing in, in delayed gameplay. Everyone's been there, I think. So, uh, yeah, patience is the only tip I would have for delayed gameplay. I'm, I'm going to quote you here, Dylan, because I've, I've been paying very close attention, practically stalking you for the last two days. <laughs> one of the things that I noticed in your stream uh, was you said, one thing I've learned from playing one-bar qualifiers, do everything slower. You can't play faster <laughs> yeah. than the game allows you to. And I thought that was a fantastic quote. I thought that was that sums it up perfectly. Yeah, back in the... Uh FIFA 20 days when uh, Australia had to play against Asia in the qualifiers. We were playing on guys like 8,000 kilometers away. So wow. you can only imagine the connection on that when playing peer-to-peer. Yeah, if I learned anything, especially from the Japanese players, the way they played the game in that connection, after the first qualifier, I knew like the only way to play in this slower gameplay is you just have to be more patient. You got to take a slow. You can't like you can't play quicker than the game allows you to. You have to play the game at the speed that uh, it's given you. Love it. Makes sense. And I'm guilty of that myself. I mean, even when I'm not in delay, I rush things all the time. Steve can attest to that. Like, I'm a nervous attacker. Always have been. <laughs> but uh, that's very good advice. One of the things that, that I'm interested in, Dylan, that, that I'd like to know more about is you're using the 4231. It never really went out of fashion, but it's a lot of people went to the 442 last year. Uh, it seems that the 4231 is very much back in vogue this year on the pro scene. So I just wondered what it is particularly that you like about the 4231 and if you've got any ideas as to why people are, are back to the 4231. Um, yeah, as you said, it's uh, looking quite popular in terms of the pro scene again this year, um, where it wasn't really used that much in FIFA 21 with the, the 442 being the main one. The thing with me and the, the 4231, I've been using it since FIFA 19, I think it's just the most balanced formation. It offers everything other than two strikers. You've literally got everything else. 
as I said before, like with me being patient, not necessarily playing heavy, heavy possession, but uh, definitely trying to dictate the pace of the game myself. Having a middle cam just allows me to have that extra pass open. One thing I didn't like about 442 um, was the, the massive gap between the center mids and the strikers. Right. There's a lot of space there where dropping that one strike into the, the middle cam spot, it just reduces the amount of space there and you just got another passing option. I really think that uh, for me is the biggest benefit of the 4231. Other than that, as I say, it's just so balanced. You got two CDMs who just sit there on the edge of the box um, to intercept passes and just cut the passing lanes out. Then you got the the left attacking mid, right attacking mid. I, th- I feel like they're just in the perfect spot all the time. If you've got getting to the box across um, as an instruction on them, they're always making runs uh, into those crossing positions. And then the striker, it's... I know some people don't like playing with one striker. It can be difficult to create chances at times having just the one striker because you can't play the one-twos between the strikers and then release a through ball. It's, I don't know, it's just about uh, adapting to the formation. You just got to learn the passing patterns. I feel like the middle cam can almost act as a striker anyways yeah. uh, with the way you play with them. So yeah, it, for me, I think the reason why uh, you're seeing a lot more of the 4-2-3 on this year, I think it's early days right now, so... I think people are just going there to the 4-2-3-1 because they know it's worked in previous years. Totally. You know what to expect from it. Um, I'd imagine we'll see some more formations become popular as the game goes on. But I think at the moment why you're seeing it a lot is because it's been tried and it's trusted. So, yeah, it's just the most reliable formation, I think. I think as well, the the one-twos that you're talking about between the two strikers, the, the through balls, strikers getting in behind the defenders, it's just not as effective this year, right? Yeah, I was. I would agree with that until I saw gameplay yesterday. I was watching uh, Tuga, the Portuguese pro player, and he was playing these crazy over-the-top through balls. He was playing 4-4-2 with two strikers. Right. And it was almost like the uh, FIFA 21 over-the-top through balls. I don't know if you saw them oh, wow. too no. much. But uh, there were some crazy through balls that pros are playing in FIFA 21. I think having these two strikers... Because how effective over the top three balls at the moment, not necessarily the, the ground three balls because they're not very good this year, but having two strikers for these over the top three balls could become very, very popular. And I imagine more people as the game goes on uh, may switch to two striker formations unless the uh, these three balls that I've been seeing get patched. Mm, interesting. Yeah, the four-two-three-one has always been one of the most solid formations to me, uh, especially defensively. That's where it really shines. That's one of the toughest formations I have uh, to break down, especially when the striker and the three cams are on comeback. But you you made an interesting point about the cam. I play this year mostly a four-three-two-one, which is what I played for years up until about FIFA eighteen. And from watching my footage back, I noticed. Most of my goals or scoring opportunities come from when my central midfielder gets forward and he gets into that that cam or that false nine or as or as we Americans like to call it the fake nine. It just it creates one two options. It's it's free flowing. The four two three one is just it's what I would recommend everybody to start off on. Not that I'm saying it's anybody can use it, but it's just so balanced, and I think that's what's best about it. What do you think, Steve? I think fake nine sounds almost as ridiculous as outside backs. Well, Ted Lasso called it fake nine last night. That's what reminded <laughs> me of it. Fair enough. If, if that's what Ted calls it, it's just good for me. Let's get into some questions from the community. Tambu from the Discord, he asks, given that pace appears to be less of a factor than it was in last year's game, what's your general approach to Kim cards this year? Any particular styles you're leaning toward? That's a good question. 
Good question. Yeah. Yeah. Well, whilst I agree pace is less of a factor this year, I think it's important to know it'll always be a crucial stat in FIFA. Um, there's not really any getting away from pace being important. Yes, it may be a, a little less of a factor this year, but it's still there. So pretty much for me at the moment, any players like under 90 pace or under 85, I'm pretty much applying the, the usual anchor, shadow, on defenders. Hunter, I'm using that only on Messi at the moment. But aside from those ones, because those are obvious ones that people tend to uh, to go to, I've been using backbone on my fullbacks, um, something I did on FIFA 21 as well. But I think it's important this year because I've noticed that passing isn't as good on this game. Um, So just the, the backbone, it boosts defending, physical, and also passing. So I feel that really helps when trying to make passes out of the back with your fullbacks. And then I've been using marksman on Mane, who's in my team at the moment. Um, mm. I found that to be a really, really good one for him. I recommend that for for wingers who are quick already um, and need a bit of a boost in terms of shooting and physical as well. Other one, maybe Deadeye as well for some attackers. But yeah, I think, as I said before, the uh, the shadows, the anchors for the defenders uh, for these over-the-top through balls I mentioned earlier are still the the go-to. But yeah, there was, there was a couple in there. I'd highly recommend the backbone. That's probably the one that's maybe a bit of a differential. Uh, yeah. You know a thing or two about attacking with fullbacks as well. <laughs> you have them say on stay back, don't you? But you you do involve them a lot with with manually triggered runs. I've noticed. Yeah, I said this on FIFA 21 to to a lot of people, but I think my fullbacks could have been the most important positions on my team in FIFA 21, especially for my game style. Similar again to this year, you said I've got stay back on on my fullbacks. The reason I've done that is because I don't like the AI making runs for me. I love being in control of as much as I can. So the ability to to make those runs manually myself. Yeah, the, the fullbacks are definitely a very under, underlooked position and they're quite important depending on the way you play. For sure. Yeah, I love attacking with fullbacks. It just leaves me exposed at the back end and I'm not good enough to stop <laughs> all of those counters. <laughs> but let's, uh, let's move on to George Coog. George Coog says, what's the one core fundamental you're looking to nail this year in both attacking and defending? That's a good question. I mean, at a pro level, I've got to nail everything, but <laughs> one in particular for each Attacking, I think just learning the passing patterns and the movement of the attacking AI on FIFA 22. The, the attacking AI, it's a, it's quite different um, from FIFA 21. Uh, in FIFA 21, I, I committed like the, the runs that the AI would make to my memory um, in the 4-2-3-1. So I'd always know, like if I made a certain pass, I know exactly where the rest of my attackers are going to be at a certain time. So I think, yeah, that's definitely the one that I'm going to try and nail first defending is a bit more interesting i think there's a couple in terms of defending i think learning how to use the second hand press as effectively as i can is uh probably the biggest one um i think it's going to be a big one for a lot of people including all the pros learning where to use second hand press where not to um just to get the best out of it and then i think Another one for defending would be just the manual jockeying. It's very easy to overcommit your defenders this year if you're holding the sprint jockey. Um, yeah. But at the same time, if you're using the regular jockey, your defender may be static. So it's just about trying to find the balance of how to defend using this new manual jockeying system, uh, in particular against other pro players who are really good inside the box, edge of the box, with skill moves and their clinicals. Yeah. I just want to go back, if we can, to what you said about memorizing the runs that strikers make. One of the things that always kind of sticks out to me with people that are struggling with the game or perhaps just not having fun with it is that they 
they try and approach FIFA as if it's an actual football game. But what you've said there is, is kind of a reminder that, well, yeah, it's based on football, but it's still a video game, right? Yeah, exactly. There'll always be like elements of football to it, but at the end of the day, it's, it is a video game, as you said. I wouldn't say like what I did last year, memorizing, like for each of these plays are going to be, I wouldn't say it's like a, a formula that I commit to memory, but it's certainly something that like I'd have a structure going into it, into every game. And by the time I knew every single run that would be made, because I played the game so much, like I just knew what to do um, because I committed to muscle memory and I knew the passes to make. If I make a certain pass from my fullback to my to my right attacking mid, I know where every other player is going to be. Um, and it's just about learning those. And uh, yeah, you uh, you master that eventually and score goals. Great advice. It's something that I've, I've really been banging the table for this through the early weeks of FIFA, just encouraging people to, to find a formation that they like, maybe one that they've used in, in previous FIFAs. Just learn it. Just really, really learn it. Just, you know, play, play, play and do exactly what you've just said there. So yeah, 100%. Yep. And this next question is from Berglund. I think I said that right, Steve. This is something I can relate to. His question is, I rush my play when I'm around the box of my opponent. When I try to finish, the shots get blocked or the keeper saves it, what tips can you give on being more cool in the final third? Um, this isn't... And I promise this isn't a question from me. <laughs> this isn't an easy question to answer. I think it's not something that can be very easily fixed. It's more so just about watching uh, your gameplay back, looking at certain scenarios, playing out. And like in hindsight, you can see, oh, I've got another pass open here. I could have done a ball around the keeper shot here instead of, just shooting first time. I think the best way to resolve this is just watching gameplay back and looking at all the scenarios you can. It is definitely an issue that I think the majority of the player base has something that I'm trying to fix in the moment as well. Just trying to get those like 100% chances almost instead of just rushing into a shot because you think, you know, there's, there's not a better option available. But yeah, definitely just if you can watch back scenarios where you think you may have made the right decision but I'm guessing 90% of the time, there may have been an extra pass you could have made, a skill move you could have done, or a different shooting angle. So yeah, just watch your gameplay back, I think, and uh, that should help. You scored a goal at the weekend on your stream. I definitely recommend that anybody listening should, should jump in and, and check your streams out because you, you're you quite a chatty streamer. You don't mind sort of answering questions from chat and giving people a bit of insight into what's just happened and what have you. But you did, you you kind of analysed a goal that you scored with Eusebio. And I thought it was really interesting that, that you sort of went into detail of looking on the replay at the shot angle that you had with Eusebio and you actually turned down that shot because you felt in 22 that it wasn't going to go in. So you kind of worked it back out and back in again to Eusebio and then scored a much easier goal. But it was beautiful. Great goal. So yeah, that was a really good example. All right. We've only got a few more questions here. And uh, this next one is from Jack Custard. When you're coming up against people who know how to play the game at the highest level, do you look for weaknesses when working out your plan of attack or do you stick to your regular game plan? No, oh, it's funny. This is brought up. I was talking about this on stream i got a very similar question on stream uh, a couple of days ago yes i i do look for weaknesses when uh working out how to attack my opponents in particular other top pros especially in australia where the player base the, the competitive player base isn't particularly big so i match the same guys i play in qualifiers and events all the time um we would have matched like 10 times prior to to competition um so i'll have games recorded of them before going into a competition, something that I did, the playoffs that we brought up earlier, I'll give you an example of it. So before the playoffs, probably a week before, we knew who uh, was going to be 
in the competition and who my likely opponents were going to be. Um, so I had gameplay recorded of each of them uh, whenever I'd matched them before. One of the players in particular, I took down notes with uh, my coach. I told myself, and he reminded me before the game, to uh, to use my fullbacks in attack against a particular player. And another one uh, was to use the the fullbacks in the build-up and to try draw his fullback to me because he was very aggressive with his fullbacks. So I knew if I could play a pass into my, my winger and play a, an L1 uh, X back into my CDM and I could play a lofted through ball over the top, I'd be immediately behind the fullback. Um, I knew if I could replicate, I don't know, 10 of those scenarios, I could have a really good chance of scoring three or four. So my approach definitely does differ at times depending on who I'm playing against. But I think it's also important to uh, just trust yourself and your own game plan and know that uh, you're good enough, no matter who you're coming up against, that your regular game plan is more than good enough to beat anyone you come up against at a pro level. Um, so yeah, there's a bit of both in there. I love that kind of attention to detail, talking about the fullbacks there. That's that's why you're going to win this year's World Cup, Dill. <laughs> uh, hopefully uh, <laughs> the event happens this year and I can get there, but uh, it's going to be a, a long year ahead. Lots of, lots of work still to do. Is that event going to be local or is it going to be online? Do we know? It should be a land event in person. Yeah, much better when you have that. All right. Last question is from Rob Styles. When I need to get the ball back against players who are just passing it around the back to waste time, what's the best method? Team press on D-pad barely does anything and constant pressure also seems to not do much. Uh, so I've been struggling with this also, in particular in the elite division where people will do anything they can to get the result. You do see like at the end of games, people just trying to hold onto the ball around the back, passing it to their keeper sometimes. And yeah, I do agree. It's uh, very difficult to press on this game. It's exceptionally easy to hold possession on FIFA 22 in its current state with the switches between fullbacks, the defensive line dropping so deep, you're not going to have that many players in attack to be able to do so. I've got a, a tactic. Uh, it's actually Texas tactic. I would recommend anyone who uh, hasn't done so already to watch his tactics. I took a, his ultra attacking tactic. It's a, a four triple two um, with the wide cams and both strikers on stay forward. I think having those instructions on helps just having your players a bit higher up the pitch to press higher up the pitch. Also, as he's mentioned in the question, the, the team press on the D-pad, I found it hasn't really done too much. It can help at times, um, but it's the same with constant pressure. As soon as they beat your like your midfield line or your, your front line of pressure, it's it's so easy to get past the defense if you've got constant press on. So the key with constant press this year is if you've got it on, you have to win the ball back um, with your attackers, your midfielders. Otherwise, it's so hard to defend against a, a four on two scenario pretty much. But yeah, I think you're just going to have to go constant pressure. It's so easy to hold the ball. There's not really any avoiding it. You're just going to have to take risks when uh, someone's holding the ball. Steve, any words of wisdom there? It's, it's very similar to what I always advise people to do, which is uh, the formation that I prefer is the four two four, which is is you know it's pretty much the same in in most aspects as the four triple two. I hate playing against the four two four. It's uh, the good thing with it, and it'll be the same with the four triple two. Is that if you've got somebody who is literally just passing around between the back four, you can match up four against four, and it just it applies that pressure, and they they can't really do it and. More more often than not, they'll make a mistake as a result of it. So yeah, I can I can certainly see the value in in four triple two. I've just noticed, Hunter. There's there's another question that we've missed here. It's from Stefan Stocks at the Foot Couch, and he wants to know: Do you pay much attention to the new statistics at the end of the game? Because you seem 
like you're really keen on the attention to detail. Do you look at the passing maps and the heat maps? I started doing this yesterday, actually, in the, the Elite Division. <laughs> right. I've, I've got, uh, I'm testing out new players um, for a qualifier team. Uh, I did this in particular with uh, the new ones to watch, Junior and Adam. If restrictions are the same for the qualifiers as uh, last year in terms of the squad building, he's going to be someone I'm really looking at, um, especially if he gets the upgrade. So I hadn't really looked into the stats too much before yesterday, but I wanted to see like all the details about his game, seeing like how many interceptions he made, how many passes, where he was winning the ball back. And I noticed that he was particularly good defensively. So yes, it's definitely something I'm going to be doing more of because I took a lot out of analyzing those new statistics. In particular, as I mentioned just then, the interceptions, the tackles, where the passes are being made, if they're giving away the ball much, if I'm giving away the ball with particular players. I think analyzing these statistics in detail can be very useful. It's just about trying to figure out what you need to do, which statistics you need to look at um, to make the most use out of it. I noticed a guy that tweeted something uh, yesterday, I think it was actually, where we're going to see so many of these as well. He was he was moaning about XG. He had he had something quite ridiculous, really, something like eight XG, and he'd lost one nil. And that looks appalling. It looks like you know what's wrong with this game. But when you actually looked at the rest of the stats on the screen, he'd taken I think it was twenty shots, and that had only resulted in four saves from the keeper. So that immediately tells you that the quality of shot that's been taken is not great. And you can get, you can boost your XG stats by just firing it into the ankles of defenders for the whole game. You know, you're still going to get that XG lifted. So, you know, be, be cautious with how much, how much weight you put into that stat because it's, it's, it's kind of a lie. But there's also things like he, uh, he had a crazy amount of, of tackles, something like 50 tackles and he'd won 10 of them. So again, from that, you immediately know, well, you know, you're, you're spamming tackles. You're doing it oh, in bad yeah. positions. You're overcommitting your defenders. So there's a lot you can learn from those statistics. I'd encourage people to, to pay close attention to them. Yeah, the tackling distance as well is one I've noticed. I'm winning more tackles when I'm tackling at a shorter distance, which makes obvious sense. But if you're not winning as many tackles as you're attempting, look at the distance. If your distance is over five, you're probably doing it too soon or too much. That's my that's my take. What do you think, Steve? Yeah, I, I think that a lot of Players who struggle tend to guess with tackles. You know, they'll just sort of think, oh, well, okay, he's coming this way, I'll, I'll hit circle. And, you know, this is something that I talk about every year, that the standing tackle is not always your friend because as soon as you go into that animation, play can so easily pass you by and your defender's out of position. And, you know, often it's game over before you know it. Well, that's going to wrap us up this week for the Coach and Pro, Dylan. Thanks for coming on this week. Thanks for taking the time. I know it's late there and we appreciate you. The community appreciates you and we wish you luck on the World Cup this year. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure to be on and uh, hopefully everyone could take a couple tips out of today and I wish everyone luck in FIFA 22. It's it's a difficult game to learn, but uh, we'll all get there eventually. And for the people who want to follow you, your Twitch and Twitter, where can they follow you on Twitter and Twitch? Uh, So my my Twitter um, is dcampbell20 underscore. And then my Twitch is Dylan Campbell underscore at the end as well. So uh, yeah, those are the places 
to drop a follow if you can. Sounds good. Steve, we got a new episode of the Free Player Project out last night. Where can they follow the show? Where can they follow the YouTube series and your content? The YouTube series is probably easy enough to just type in Free Player Project in YouTube. It's on the Footballers YouTube channel, but yeah, it'll, it'll come up in a search if you type that in. It's something a little bit, we say, different to the standard content that you get on YouTube. A little bit more lighthearted and tongue-in-cheek. So yeah, check that out and obviously I'd appreciate any any likes or comments on that. Follow me on Twitter at the Foot Coach, the usual place. And yeah, absolute pleasure to have had Dylan on. Hopefully he'll come back on when he's been crowned world champion further down the line. Sounds good. And if you're out there listening and you have a question to send in to the pros, get in touch with us. Come join our free Discord. You can go to footballers.com, click the link, or you can click the link in the show notes. You can follow the show on Twitter at footballerspod. That's footballers with a Z. You can follow us on Twitch, and that is footballerspod. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, that's at the foot hunter, the underscore foot underscore hunter. And that's going to wrap us up for this week, and we'll catch you next week. Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.